you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Isaiah chapter 60. Do you have it in your Bibles? Those of you who aren't downloading the app right now. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 60 says this. Arise, shine. Let's stop right there. Who is this talking to? It is talking to you. That's right. That will be very colloquial. It's talking to me. That's right. Arise, you arise, shine. Because let me tell you who has arisen already. If the Son of Man be lifted up, right? Not only was he lifted up on that cross, paid the penalty for our sins, but he also ascended into heaven. Man, Jesus is super lifted up. And now we enthrone him, we lift him up again on our praises whenever we come together and worship. Amen. Jesus is supremely lifted up. Jesus has already arisen and shone. Right? Now it's our turn. So the prophet is saying, Arise, you, arise, you, shine. Why? For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. And who knows that's true. Anyone see evidence of darkness around you in this world? Anyone watch one of these political debates lately? Darkness. Man, why can't we just all get along? Let's just be nice to one another. Come on, please. All right. Darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. Amen. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. This this means in, in this context over here that the unbelieving people will be drawn to your light. They will come to your light and kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. This is a glorious passage of scripture containing so many promises. Let's break it down. I'll break it down. Any Yo Gabba Gabba fans in the house, you know DJ Lance. All right. I'll break it down. Some of, some of you grandparents know exactly what I'm saying right now. All right, thank you. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. We're not just talking about just any old person as if that's not sufficient. It's great. But even kings, you don't think that you have it in you, but God is saying you have it in you and more. Kings and those in authority presidents and senators and people will be able to see your bright and shining light if you shine your light brightly. Amen. Even kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Verse 4 says, lift up your eyes all around and see. Lift up your eyes all around and see. Why? Because sometimes we get stuck like this. Do you see what I'm doing? We get stuck like this, looking just right around me. What, okay, what am I doing? What, are we okay? Can I, can I, am I all right? Am I safe? I, I don't have necessarily a plan. I'm not looking forward. I'm not looking at. He said, if you only lift up your eyes, you'll be able to see. Look at all the people who need you to shine brightly. You'll see, don't say four more months and then comes the harvest. Lift up your eyes and look. The fields are white now for harvest, ready to be reaped. I feel bad for the farmer who only sows and waters, having tilled the ground and done all that work and never reaps, never eats. 
That's a sad farmer right there. Lift up your eyes and see. If you lift up your eyes all around, you will be able to see, the Lord says. And what are you going to see? That they all get, look, I, I had to shoo this fly because I didn't want to get in a Vice President Pence situation. Do you see that? Pink! Right here for like three minutes. That was uncomfortable for me. I don't know if anyone else is like me, but I was like, come on, shoo it away. All right. He's got better hair than I do, so I guess, you know, it, it blocks the feeling of a fly landing on your head. I'd probably be able to feel it. As Chuck said, it's shiny right now. Shiny! <laughs> Here we go. It says, they all gather together. They come to you. Now, this is kind of a, a dual-edged sword I want to talk about. They all come to you. If you're shining so brightly, people will start coming to you and saying, what do you have? What is different about you? How can I get some of that? How can I tap into your life? Into this abundance that you experience seemingly at all times. Yeah, those people who just seem to like, just charmed lives, you know? I don't really like that word charmed, but you know what I'm saying? To use that phrase, people just have some blessed life. And you want to figure out, what did you do? What are you doing? I want that. I don't want it out of your expense, but I want to enter into it with you. Amen? That's what should be happening. And so I even ask myself this question, and you might ask yourself the same. How many people are asking me, man, what's different about you? I want what you have. How many people are asking? If not many or zero, then we should look at turning up the dimmer switch on our brightness, on our light. Maybe we haven't been as explicit. Maybe we haven't been as assertive. Maybe we haven't been as compassionate and loving to say, I'm going to be right out there because people need to see how good God is to his people who love him, who are called by his name and who obey him. Maybe people, definitely people need to know. They all gather together. They come to you. It says, your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Anyone have children who have gone astray or known of that kind of situation? Any of you been that son or daughter who has been out wandering? And maybe you knew better. Maybe you didn't, but maybe you did. And you're just out there. And nevertheless, I am comforted by the scripture that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And you get this opportunity when you have children, right? When they're adults, it's a whole different situation. Train up a child in the way he should go, families, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And really, that truth won't depart from the children. And they will be, they will know in their knower. They're like, oh yeah, I know. I know I'm not doing right. And then they get in a bind that they have no way to get out of by themselves. They will remember, hey, don't, didn't mom, dad say I have a God? That I have a Savior that can bail me out of my own frivolity, my own stupidity? I know better and I still do the wrong thing. That's stupid. There is ignorance, which is not knowing, but then there's stupidity. It's like, you know full well, and you do the wrong thing. Train up a child in the way you should go, and he's old, he won't depart from it. He'll come back. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughters will be nursed at your side. Anyone want your children to be with you at church? Anyone want your children to be praying alongside you when something happens? And I'm just going to say this in the midst of this moment right now. COVID-19 is so insidious. It's just the craziest thing. You can have it and not know it. 
You can have it and have symptoms for a couple days and just get right over it and then you're on your way. You can have it and be hospitalized for months. You can have it and die. I don't know how this thing works, but it's crazy. And that's why the world is so nutso. Because you don't know and you don't know if you're sharing it. You don't even know if you have it. And you can have it and not be showing any symptoms of sickness and you can give it away to somebody. And then they could actually die from it. One of our pastors has been in the hospital for so many weeks. And we keep getting these updates. And Edie, I can't thank you enough for sending these constant updates. Because we need to pray specifically. When we got that last night, we all just stopped what we were doing. We were in the middle of the Chronicles of Narnia. Paused the thing, saw the text come in, and we prayed for Pastor Kelly, who needs to get out of this hospital, needs to be raised up from the Lord. We're praying for his healing. And so... Continue to pray for Pastor Kelly Fellows. How many weeks is it now, Edie? Can you remind me? I mean, it's so many days. He, he's just been in the hospital. We're praying for his lungs now. Everything else the doctors say is working. But his lungs are the things that are compromised right now. And so we're praying specifically for the lungs. I've always been convinced that specific prayers get specific answers. So let's pray specifically. In fact, let's do it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring Pastor Kelly, your son, before you as a group of believers who believe what you say, that you have sent your word and heal us. Lord, we, as Psalm 103 says, we're not going to forget any of your benefits. You, you forgive all of our sins and you heal all of our diseases. You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Lord, we're not going to forget any of that. We're going to declare your goodness and we're going to release it over Pastor Kelly right now. We release that healing. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, lungs start working right. Whatever blockage is there, be removed in the name of Jesus. In the holy name of Jesus. In the healing name of Jesus. Lungs fill and decompress and fill again and work right. Let breath be breathed into Pastor Kelly right now. Lord, by, by your own breath, in Jesus' name, set the crooked places straight. Amen. Thank you, church, for doing that. It's important that we gather. We, <laughs> my house shall be a house of prayer. Amen. Our updated ministry model, if you remember, three G's. Anyone want to shout it out to me? Yes, gather, grow, and go. It's exactly right. It's like the littles have heard this message this week. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate that. Gather, grow, and go. That's our updated ministry model. We've had a ministry model in the past. The Lord is saying, that was good for then. This is now. Today's a new day. The, the oil, the old oil is old. I got new oil. So keep coming to me to be filled and overflowing with the new. Our 10-phase plan, which you'll be happy to, to walk through a little bit and, and see the progress. Phase one, establish house church certification and training. Done. Number two, launch the Be Fruitful and Multiply Training Center. Done. And some of us are enrolled in it. Hallelujah. Number three, teach the plan. God's new ministry model and strategy. That's happening right now. We're, we're coming to a conclusion. We're not quite there yet. We're still in the plan, but this is well on the way. Number three. Number four, launch a fervent prayer campaign. We started that last week. And I'm excited to hear your stories about when you're walking your neighborhoods and what the Lord is, is dis allowing you to discern. And what you're speaking over the households near you. Because who knows that it's like, 
a rising tide raises all ships, right? When your neighborhood, when any of your neighbors does better, you all do better. That's true. Property values go up. Crime goes down. Families are happier. Your kids can play in the street safer. All of it, right? Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your neighbors. Number five, release an effective ministry app. Done. Some of you are using it right now. Praise the Lord. Number six, courageously invite people to house churches. Now, of course, we're not saying to go against your own conscience or your own feeling of safety, but as the Lord directs you, open up your homes for the house churches and invite people beyond your family to get involved in those. We have, you remember we were meeting up here and there was like a whole thing happening. You couldn't even see back there because there were tents and everything blocking the shade. That's a house church. They're meeting in a house today. Praise the Lord. That's what we want. Number seven, open all campuses with a new model. And so we're still talking about this, how this all is going to work into the future. We're looking at it on a regular basis. We just had a meeting about it, right, Mark? I mean, we, we are talking about this. Your leaders are well aware. We know that there is this, this building a few streets away, you know, and it's like, ah, it would be nice to kind of be there sometimes. And so we're working it out. And uh, the principle of OSL, Operation Solid Lives, that I live by is don't move until you see it. Don't move until you see it, like that chessboard, right? If you don't know that you're not putting yourself in a compromised position, don't move yet. Figure it out. And what we do is we seek the Lord and hear what He's saying, and He directs our paths. Amen. Number eight, launch discovery groups and outreaches everywhere. This is exciting, but I'm, I'm not preaching that today. But it's exciting. Wait for it. Number nine, launch city strategies. And we're partially doing that, even with the kickoff of this prayer thing, this monthly prayer gathering, on the weekend of the 24th and 25th. The 25th, people who live in Hesperia are going to be here at the park. Even the house churches who are in Hesperia are all going to gather at the park. We're going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're trying to get some of our uh, council members, city council members here, even the state assemblymen, all right, the candidate, Smitty. I feel so like he's my best friend, you know, but that's what's on the signs. But Thurston Smith, you know, we're going to get these people who are praying, these believers, by the way, who are praying for our city. We're going to get them to pray with us. Amen. And so on the 25th, be here, those of you who live in Hesperia. Apple Valley is going to be done later that day, about four o'clock. And Victorville is going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning on the 24th. And so wherever you live in this Tri-City area or nearest, meet us there because we're going to pray over our cities. It's happening. And number 10, multiply house churches and discovery groups. That's on into the future. Be fruitful and, what does the Lord say? Multiply, multiply that's right. We're not going to stop at multiplication, but we are going, we're not going to stop at fruitfulness. We're going to be fruitful. Oh yeah, we're not going to stop at multiplication. We're going to keep the multiplication going. So that wasn't exactly a misspeak. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So much of this success, we already see the Lord arising and shining over us. We're doing what He said to do, and it will be effective. Amen? I have to prompt you sometimes. Amen? Amen. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together. Say, all gather. All gather. Together. together. 
That's right. They all gather together. They come to you. That's what we want. Now, the, other, the flip side of that sword was, don't just expect people to come to you. You go to them. Isn't that true? About the good shepherd who leaves the 99 safe, healthy, contributing, good sheep, and goes after that one that's astray. Go. Make disciples of all nations. <laughs> right? Amen. Ultimately, this, this prophecy was about the Jewish people being gathered back to Israel. It's about the Jewish people being gathered back to Israel. And that's happening. And we've never seen this sort of everyone being scattered throughout the whole world, a nation being scattered throughout the whole world, and then being brought back like we are with Israel. Israel is a unique situation on the earth. God's people, God's place, even that geography, that's why it's so hotly contested. Because God said it's mine. And so everyone wants it. And everyone's fighting over it for all these decades, right? So Israel is a place. Israel is a people. Our president has identified that the capital, you know, in Israel and and moved our embassy and all that. There's a whole thing surrounding Israel right now. We're seeing us enter into these last days. Because the the Israeli people, the Jewish people, God's people, His covenant people are being brought back to that place. Because there's going to be a big showdown. Anyone know this? At the end of days. A big showdown here on the earth. It's going to be exciting. I kind of hope I'm not here for it. I don't know how that all works, but if, if Kirk Cameron's right and we get, we get to go first, that'll be preferable. Lord, are you hearing me? <laughs> but I'm not convinced that that's absolutely the way, so don't hold me to it. All right. God is now speaking prophetically about all those who have been distant coming back. All those who have been distant. Who knows that we have been isolated during this pandemic? More isolated than many of our extroverts would prefer. Amen? Yeah, that's right. I know I'd hit a couple of you. We've been isolated. Depression has skyrocketed. Suicide has increased. All of this negative emotions impacting people because of our isolation. God is saying now is the time to gather back as things lift. I know we're still in the purple zone here in our county and so it's a little different. You may see other campuses appearing to open quicker and they may be because they're in a different color zone but at purple our hands are tied a little bit but we're still doing this. Is this valid or not valid? Valid. Valid. Absolutely. They gather back. And so there may be people that you know, it's like, I used to see so-and-so here at church. Where are they? I don't know. Go find them. Go find them. You go find them. That's always been the thing. You go. You go. There's a car called a you go, right? You go. Find them. Let's invite and welcome people back. Invite them back to our house churches. Invite them back to these gatherings in the park. Invite them to our monthly prayer gatherings. Shoot, if they live close enough to you, invite them to walk your neighborhood with you and pray for your neighbors. Or go pray with them with their neighbors, for their neighbors. We want to start more house churches and gather people. Maybe they don't feel comfortable coming to a, a, a larger outdoor gathering even like this. But they might feel comfortable in your house. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows that there are some people that you're like, whatever happens. It's like, I'm not distancing myself from my family 
in the house, we're in the house. You know, and there may be a couple of more people that you're grabbing and you're like, hey, whatever happens, we're together because we need each other. I cannot allow you to be alone, nor will you allow me to be alone. We're gathering together. No matter what, this is what's going on. Every believer needs to gather somewhere. Every believer. Or else we're left vulnerable. And God doesn't want you vulnerable. Hebrews 10.25 in God's word says, We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing. Yikes. Not you. You're here. On the recording though. (laughs) Just in case this is for you. Don't stop gathering together with believers as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other and even more as we see the day of the Lord approaching or coming. So what happens if I don't gather somewhere? What happens if I don't gather somewhere? I'm vulnerable. This darkness that's covering, I'm vulnerable to that darkness. And we don't want you vulnerable. We want you sharp and strong and able and equipped and powerful and mighty and bright and shining. The darkness destroys. Darkness drags us toward eternal darkness. I want, to, I want to remind you about what Jesus said to an inactive servant of God. Matthew 25, verse 30. Cast the unprofitable servant. Do you hear these words? Servant. This is a person that is in. It's a person that belongs. It's a person that is even active in, in doing things. He has a role to play. But unprofitable. Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So even in our context, it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't really worship or fellowship, but I'm a Christian. So-called. But I don't do anything. I don't, I don't obey God in any way. I'm not following Jesus, as the message a couple weeks ago was saying. But I, I, I count myself a Christian, whether he counts me a Christian or not. Look, the unprofitable servant, what are you doing if you don't have any fruit that follows? They, you will know them by their fruit. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Does anyone want to hazard a guess at what place, what real place that that the Lord Jesus is talking about right here? You want to hazard a guess, Isla? Okay, um, I don't think you know this word yet, but where is this place that he's talking about? Hell. That's right. Hell. The real place. God doesn't want anyone to go there. We drag ourselves there. By not being obedient to the Lord. But someone say, not us. Say, not me. Say, not my family. Amen. Most people don't realize, on the converse, the enormous strength that comes from gathering with other believers. We are strengthened by being together. We're better together. Most people don't realize the enormous effect that not gathering has. You feel like it's just marginal. It's just... That's just a degree or so. No, it maybe starts that way. Look, we can all go on a vacation, but we all need to come back from vacation, right? I may miss a Sunday to go do a wedding, but I'm going to come right back here. Is that true? Because the benefit cannot be overstated. God has a plan, and it's only for our good, and we're only going to get the good if we do the plan. Many people in the body of Christ are discouraged and disillusioned. They're even lonely still and now. They're frustrated, depressed, and 
honestly, if, if we can be honest, some have become lazy. Okay, I just said it. Some have become lazy. They prefer church in their jammies. And I, <laughs> you're raising the roof, we don't even have a roof. I like that. I've got a couple of them. <laughs> Man, church in your jammies. We, we got a winner over here. And, and even at my house, I remember in my family that it was the, the phrase was coined independently of anyone else. Church in my jammies. And, and we're sending out texts and everything else. You know, people are excited about church in my jammies. And now you've got to get dressed to come to church. This ain't no Walmart. You can't just come out like that. You're coming to church, you get dressed. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, Walmart. You've been there, right? Anytime, day or night, you'll see someone walking around in their jams. And so, look, it does cost something to get together, but the benefits, am I right? The benefits are so worth it about getting dressed on a Sunday. <laughs> Let's move on. I-, I will tell you this. This is serious. Okay, bring it in. Some have been, how shall we say, angry with the pastor or with the church or with the leaders for what we're not doing at that building over on Hercules. Some have called into question our Christianity. Some have called into question our obedience, called into question our fidelity to the Lord, as if that one place is the only place where God's glory is. That's ridiculous, of course. It's not the only place. However, we, we get in a mindset, it's like, oh, only this can happen only here. And that's not true. The Lord has led us to do this. In fact, I remember distinctly when he, he laid out this plan, he said, gather the people outside. Be fruitful and multiply and build solid families. Build solid families. Our mission at The Rock is building solid lives. And he spoke to me clearly, build solid families. Jen and I have had this mandate and mantle for years and we're even just now seeing it in a new light, new facets. And we're able to do it. We are going to do it. We are going to do it. Amen. So, Let me just let you off the hook. If you've been angry with me or frustrated or concerned that I don't love Jesus enough because we're not gathering in that building, I forgive you. (laughs) Let's put it all behind us. I know people are just trying to work this thing out. We're trying to work it out, but let me just be clear and assure you that every step of the way we've been praying and seeking the Lord so we don't move until we see it. He speaks, we move. That's the order. He speaks, we move. And thank God, He's spoken enough to me that I've heard that we're able to move. Praise God. We employ this in James 1.5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. We have lacked wisdom. No one has known what to do in this pandemic from the start. But we're doing the best we can. And we in the church have the Lord's help. So we do better than most. Praise God. Proverbs 12, uh, 20, verse 18 says, By wise counsel you'll wage your war. And in the multitude of counselors, they're established in Proverbs 15. Our scripture over our entire church comes from Luke 6. Jesus says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them, 
I'll show you who he's like. It's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, like floods do and always will, and the stream beat vehemently against that house, the stream could not shake that house. Why? It was founded on the rock. We are founded on the rock that Jesus is the Christ, the way, the truth, and the life has come to give us life and life more abundantly. All of it, we're founded on that rock. And on that rock, He will build His church. Amen. So remember this, regardless of the reason that someone is not gathering, for any, any reason, anything that we've listed or not listed, for any reason, God loves them. God still loves them. They're in no way cut off from anything. They're not uh, shunned. I was trying to think of the word. They're not shunned. They're not blacklisted. They have an abundant entrance right back. And, and let me just say this, because I know that there are people that I'm thinking about and my heart is concerned for. I'm like, ah, oh, I think you're a little too far out. I want to I draw you back. I want to bring you back. Can we make this commitment together? That when we see someone who does gather back together, that we don't make them feel bad in any way. Not, where have you been? Not Just, how about this? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. I love you. It's good that you're here. How about that? Can we agree together? Can I get a show of hands just so I know that we're all in this together? Can we do that? I appreciate this. Thank you. Solidarity, unity. The Lord will command blessing on this. Because we're not those people. We're not condemning people. Is that true? God is not a condemning God. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. No condemnation. Those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We need to relentlessly reach out and love people back in to the fellowship. Amen? Remember, I told you to hear this not just for you. You're here. (laughs) Hear this for them. Hear this for someone else. Because we have a responsibility to them. And Luke 15, 4 says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doesn't leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Obviously, we would all go. If you had a hundred thousand dollars and you lost one of them, I'd be like, we got to figure this thing out. Let's find it. Amen? Picture it in any way. It's like if I lose one cylinder on my car, I'm like, nope, nope, we, we got we to put this thing back in order, right? Well, you only have a gas pedal. No, I need the brake pedal too, you know? We, we need the whole, we need all of us together. Amen. Though this applies to unbelievers, it more directly relates to the people who were part of the flock, but somehow got separated. Life happened. Uncertainty happened discouragement happened disillusionment happened that's the truth right there because we're even looking to people and governments and things and we we can't trust them (laughs) no we don't know who's telling the truth or whatever everyone's saying they're lying they're lying you're lying come on everyone's looking for hope i'll tell you where hope exists right here bring them back here to where the hope is you but you have to go get them you go (laughs) that's a good one i don't remember that i'm gonna use that if I could title this, I would call it Hugo. Going after people who need to gather 
This is going to require diligence and dedication on your part. It's going to require love that prompts you to action. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Can you imagine loving someone to the level that Jesus loved you, that loves still you? Not just what he has done already. Yeah, that's all good, but he still loves you. Can you imagine loving someone else on the earth that way? It's better to give than receive. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Greater love has no one than this than he who would lay down his life for his friend. Can you imagine loving someone on the earth that much? Imagine it right now and prepare yourself to do it. This is what we're talking about. We must do this now. I mean, this week, even today, we must do this. May not any week go by that we do nothing after having come and heard the word of God. Amen? May that never be the case with us. When Jesus says go, we have to go right then. Pastor Caleb, he would always tell the story. He worked in a body shop for many, many years. That was his family business. And he would say, when he was the, the manager of the shop, he would say, I need this done right now. Okay, okay. And so he would set his workers on it. And then he would come back an hour later. He's like, why isn't this done? He said, I, I said, I need it right now. They're like, oh, like right now, right now? Yes, right now, right now. Right now means right now. There was a failure to communicate somewhere. It was lost in translation. And Jesus is saying, right now, right now. Amen? Jesus is saying, we've got to go right now. I'm sending you right now. If you'll only look up, lift up your eyes and look, you'll see that the people are there in need of you going right now. My friend Jacob lives in Ridgecrest, has come and gotten discipled here in OSL when we were gathering for OSL. And he texted me at like one in the morning the other day and he's like, ah, I'm so sorry if this is too late or early or whatever you would classify it, but I need help. And he had a massive toothache. And he's like, I'm praying, but I need some help. And I saw it, you know, as I'm inclined to early in the morning. I saw it and I, I got to praying right then and I just, I risked a text back. I said, hey, never apologize for reaching out. I am happy that I'm on the top of your list to pray with you. I'm happy to do it. He didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want him to be cost another second of pain or discomfort. I was going to pray right then. If I'm engaged, if someone gets me, uh, hey, I know about it, I'm on it. Like, like we stopped the movie and prayed, right? We'll, we'll stop whatever we're doing, we'll pray. We'll stop a sermon and pray. Clearly, I don't mind stopping things to pray. We're going to pray. I, why? Because I don't want you to be cost anything that you don't have to pay. I don't want it to cost you another tingle of pain or dollar or moment. I don't want you to have to pay anything that you shouldn't be paying because God has it for you right now. Let me just go right now. I asked someone this week, I said, have your wife lay her hands on you and pray. And I said, if you come to the park, then I'll lay hands on you if you let me and I'll pray. Why? Because I'm not with you right then. The Bible has some instructions. Hey, just in case, we're going to do the instructions as writ. And so, because I don't want you to be cost a a single moment longer. Because who knows that pain will get your attention. Yeah? 
At least if you're a baby like me, it gets my attention. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm listening. I'm listening. What do I got to do to solve this? We have to go right now and gather people back. Because we cannot even grow. And I'm not talking about like our, our church growing. I'm, not, I'm saying we as individuals, we can't even grow as believers until we're here. Until we've gathered, until we've begun obedience. Until we get in a place where we can hear the word. We have to come to Jesus first. And then we get to hear his words and then we get to go do them. We've got to gather people back. I've been placing some calls this week just out of compassion before even studying the message. Why? Because the Lord is tugging on my heart. And I'm sure he's tugging on many of your hearts as well. You're like, ah, doggone. My friend is not here. What is going on? And, and you go after them in love. Not with condemnation. In Luke 5, when, when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Yeah, you don't fish with nets in the daytime because the fish can see the nets, right? They can see you coming, and they know it's bad news. But Jesus always knows when the right time to fish is. Isn't that true? I will make you become what? Fishers of men. He says, right now, right now is the time. Go get them. Go get them. So here's what I want you to do. Can you, can you get your phones in your hands? Everybody get your phones in your hands. Or if you have a journal that you're writing with a pen and paper, let's do this. I've done the exercise, so I'm going to put my phone away so I can be hands-free. Everyone get your phones out. Can I see it? Can I see you do it? All right. This is what we're going to do. The Lord is saying, I am speaking... I am instructing, and now I will be very clear with you. I will show you specifically what to do. God, I ask that you give everybody here at least three names of people that they should be lovingly pursuing and gathering back into fellowship, away from isolation, away from loneliness, away from discouragement, that they will be brought back to be encouraged and loved. And, and blessed by the fellowship. Blessed by hearing your word, knowing what to do, seeing it and being able to pursue it. Lord, give us three names at least. And the determination to walk it out, to live it out this week and find them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given. You have it. Now we're going to walk this thing out. I want you to write down those three plus names of people that you know should be here. You know should be here. Life is here. They should be here. I know we're talking about the plan, and it doesn't feel like the same vibe as normal. But we're going to get back into that vibe. We've got to lay that plan now. We're laying the foundation. We're clearing the stones, so to speak. I want you to write down three names. people that you're going to say, Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you more than you can imagine, more than you could comprehend, more than you've ever known. Whatever you've experienced of God's love so far, you haven't seen anything yet. He's, he's about to tear the roof off the sucker. 
He is about to show you things that you don't know. I got some of you going with that. I know, it's so good. I can't help myself sometimes. Laura said, blow, blow the walls out months and months and months ago, and he did. And we're here. <laughs> no roof either. God's love is so big. Do you, want to with, do you want anyone to not have that? Or do you want everyone to experience God's love? Everybody. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should what? Come to repentance. I'm using that in, in a dual way. Gather. Come to repentance. Come. Do something. Be about the Lord's business. Amen. Now, I want to be very pointed as I am. You know, I'm pretty direct, right? It's not a, it's not a, a surprise to anybody. <laughs> Who has three names? Let me see your hands. At least three. At least three. About half of us. Very good. You can put your hands down. Who, who has at least one name on your list? Let me see your hands. Including the three. Who has at least one name? Keep your hands up so I can see them. Very good. Very good. Lord, as we move from this place, having heard your word in your heart, so that people are not lost and remain hopeless in discouragement. Here we are. Here I am, send me. Full circle. Here I am, send me. And surely you are. And Lord, on behalf of all your people gathered here already, I say we are sent. And we will, as uh, a couple years ago, our vision captured on the wall in bright light said, we will live sent in the name of Jesus. This week we will prove it to you that we're not just coming because we're trying to be nice people coming to church so we can check that off the list and say, oh, I did my good deed for God this week. Whoever comes to you, hears your sayings and does them is built solid. Help us to do them. I'm mindful of the scripture that says, It is you who work in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. You help us to do it, and you even help us to want to do it. Thank you, God, for being that good. We will do it. We will go. Would someone even join me and say, I will go this week. And I will gather those you've sent me to. In Jesus' name. Give me fruit. Amen. Amen. That is what's happening. This is where we are in the plan. Make no mistake, God has a plan and He's leaving nothing out. He's leaving nothing out. But if you think for a moment that Jesus is going to be satisfied with no one else, think again. Jesus will not be satisfied with no one else. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's be those agents, those bringers of light to people. Can we do it? I'm looking forward to this place. Having faces that I've not yet seen or haven't seen in a while, 
because their friends, their loved ones have gone after them and say, you matter to God, you matter to me. Come back. Come back. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Whoever it is, you go. Get him. Because that's what God's doing. Amen and amen and amen.